Quickly before we're going to start, I want to just quickly tell you something. You know, when you are born again, you give your life to Christ, there's certain things that the Lord requires of us. Number one, sacrifice. Everything that you do, the scripture says, do it like you do it unto God and not unto man. The reason why many people fail is because whatever they do, they do to be seen by man and they don't do it because they are lovers of God. You know, this whole week I was traveling with some of our team members every single night from Johannesburg to Vereniging, preaching every single night. And then getting home around about 12, getting into bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, wake up 6.30, start the day, come to church, work very hard, you about some of our guys, and then rush back home to Johannesburg because that's where I stay. Stay in Johannesburg, wash, bang, in a car, drive off to Vereniging. First night I was in Vereniging, I asked God this question. I said, Lord, what am I even doing here? You know, I was preaching at a Pentecostal church. I have to say this in Afrikaans, but it was just a glorified in Gekerk. It was a glorified, come on, Begrafplas. That's what it was. It was. It's just a different name. And I've seen how people have lost their fire, their zeal, their passion, their love for Jesus Christ. In this day, we, are, we have lost it. And so I can speak about this openly because I've got a good relationship with the pastor there. And um, I sp we spoke to him in, in confidence and said, listen, you're going to have to do something else now. You're going to have to start to run with a fire. Because that's what people want. People want the fire of God. And listen, there's people that don't want the fire of God. Trust me. There's people, and I want to say this with all the love and respect in my heart. There's people that just want God to do something quickly. It's like a quick fix and then they run off. I get people here, I promise you. And I say this with respect and utmost love. This morning I'm not your pastor. I'm an evangelist. I was invited to preach it this morning. Okay, so, so let me speak as an evangelist. Amen. So I would say what I want to say. And then the pastor must come next week. And he'll just mend it. Amen. Jesus says, be angry, but sin not. There's nothing wrong to have a holy anger. You know, I, 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 I really said to the Lord this morning, I said, Lord, I, think, I feel like in South Africa, I'm being used the most. Being used the most. Why do you say this? I have people, I, I have people coming here in the mornings. Let's just quickly, just be blunt and say this. They don't attend the church. They, they refuse to sit in the meeting. They just quickly come, lay hands on me. I need healing and then I'm off. I can't stay here, you know. I have to be somewhere else. I had this this morning again. I said, I will not pray for you. What do you think this is? Do you think this is a, a quick fix, a McDonald's drive-thru? I said, you know, God knows your heart. He knows the intent of your heart. You know, I get people standing here at the gate waving, you know. Then people stop sometimes and say, hey, you know, I'm not part of your church. I just want to quickly honor you. I'm on my way to my church. Or I get emails, you know. Would you pray for us? You know, our pastor is not praying for people anymore. Then they come here on a Sunday. We get our testimonies that they are healed. And then, phew, they off again to the old church. My question is, before God Almighty with tears in my eyes, if they don't pray for you, there's no manifestation of the Spirit. What are you doing there? Why are you going back there? As a belief, Iman, Afrikaans, English or Chinese? Please try to explain it to me. If you don't, if you don't experience God's glory, we are going church at, you're not in the right place. Amen. Am I speaking hard? Now, you can say this while you offend me. I could, I could even say, Jesus loves you. You would have been offended. Because you can't, in, in actual fact, you can't even say to people that the sky is blue. 
people are offended because they don't believe what you believe. Our problem is today, we've got Christians that's not growing because they are not planted. And the rubbish, the rubbish, I want to say this is utter nonsense that the people preach and speak and say. I want to say this before you teach anybody anything. Make sure that you read the Bible that says, you that teaches will stand and have a severe punishment more severe than anybody else the rubbish that's coming out of the church world today is sickening to be quite honest people ask you what do you think jesus feels about the body of christ today let me tell you there's a vomit taste in his mouth this is why the bible says in the book of revelation there's seven churches one church he says you are ready to escape what's coming where's the rest going the rest is lost and you know this is the problem we are building monuments and we're not building movements of god you know monuments what does it help us just to to build monuments instead of building a movement of God you know people said you, you have to have a building build twin I'm speaking from my side okay to be to be successful you have to have a big building that's bull you need a movement of the Spirit of God that will touch generations and generations and generations to come with the fire of the Holy Ghost and one thing that I made up my mind about is that when Jesus Christ shed his blood Two, more than 2,000 years ago. That blood still carries power. I don't have to add anything to the power of Jesus Christ. Let me quickly explain to you why I say this. If what I'm teaching you is not right, please explain to me where does the miracles just flow from? Spontaneously. You know, for you there was a woman, 50 years old, born without an eardrum. Born without an eardrum. And the Lord opened the ears. She came to testify. Bang. There was a small boy, he had a brace on him. I didn't even see the brace. So I brought him out to pray for him. I took his legs and I started praying for him. And this little boy cried. He sobbed. When I looked at him, I saw his precious face and I knew Jesus is doing something for him. When I picked him up, I felt this brace. I said to his mom, please remove it. They removed it. She said to me, he's not a child. He can't play. He can't climb trees. He can't run. I said, come boy, we're going to run. And we started running. He jumped on the stage. He jumped on the chair. There was a, one of, the, one of the evenings, a mom came to me, a mom and the pastor's wife. They came to me in private in the back and they said, listen, my little girl is in the ICU. Severe, critical. Please pray for her. Can you just pray over a cloth? So I laid my hands on the cloth, prayed for her. The next night, they brought her in the church. This little girl sat in the front. She greeted everybody, waved, smiled, just because Jesus is a good God. Hallelujah. So I believe in the working of miracles. I believe that God still heals. But I also believe that God knows your heart. If your heart is just to get healing and run away, you're going to get sick and more sick and worse off than ever before. Do you know what? I want to say this as blunt as I can. I want to, I want to say for all the first time visitors, we love you tremendously. Thank God that you're here. But I want to say this to you. I want to put a big board and say we are no longer praying for first time visitors. Because the Bible says a, 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 a man that is double-minded is unstable in everything that he does. So what happens is most of them, they, and listen, it's not everybody. I can't say it's every single one. But we've been about, around the block. They come, quickly get full of, I get the heart, man. Come on. That says, I'm not part of this church. I'm just coming here to refill. And during the week, I'm going to fight the demons. And he shows us. He's going to karate the demons. And then he's going to go back. And I thought to myself, my God. What are we busy with? You know the nonsense that people, everything is a devil nowadays. Before you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to get deliverance. 
Read the Bible, please. The blood of Jesus Christ is stronger than every principality, every power, every ruler of darkness. Come on, every wickedness, every witch, every high thing. Hallelujah. The power of Jesus Christ. But you need to understand that light and darkness doesn't live in one body. When you say yes to Jesus, Satan and all of his demonic spirits are packing their bags and running. That's the reason why you have come to Christ. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit has pulled you. And when the Holy Spirit has pulled you, it means that devils are fleeing in seven different directions. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Nowadays, I've even heard this, that when people move from church to another church, they need to be rebaptized. They need to get counseling. I promise you, they have to get a deliverance. So they just came out from a church now and they're into another church. Are you from another? Yes, yes, uh, you know, we've moved, whatever the case might be. I need to rebaptize you. You need to listen, read my doctrine. My God, what are the church busy with today? No wonder Jesus said, Those who are lost are many. He says, Those who are going to hell is as many as the sand of the sea. Read the Bible, it's, it's, it's horrific. To say the least, I want you to ask you, do this today. If there's anything that you've ever listened to, get rooted. If you're in a church, and if you feel this is your church, I've got people here that says, listen, I had people that says, it's the place is too holy, I can't be here. Well, there's the door. Go to a place that's unholy. Go to a place that will be part of the tribulation. But I've got to stand before God and give accountability for what I'm teaching God's people. Amen. I like it. I, I like it when, when people, you know, when people think that, and Paul says this. You know, in actual fact, let me read this to you. I want to read this one to you. Can we, can, can we get First uh, Timothy chapter 4 on the screen? I want to read this to God's people. I'm not fighting. Please remember. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching around the world. This programs are going around the world, so it's not just to you. Now the Spirit, who's the Spirit, by the way? It's the Holy Spirit. I just want to stop you there for a second. The Bible says that God does nothing unless that He reveals it to His servants, the prophets, first. So God speaks to the ser His servants, and the Bible says the Spirit of God speaks to the servants of God. Because I believe that the body of Christ should be in one tune, getting the whole body of Christ into one direction. Who's with me? Just wave if you're still awake. So the Bible says, Paul said to Timothy, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, speaking about the last days, some will depart from their faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God has created to be received to thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Just, just stop there quickly. I'm gonna, I want to ask you to go to the second one, Second Timothy. Yeah, just hear me quickly. Paul says to Timothy, he says, you'll know that we are in the last days. When you start to see people lose their faith. You know what the Bible says? That in the last days, people's love for God will grow cold. Just look around you. The Bible says that people will love pleasure more than they love God. I promise you, if I say right now, there's a prophetic conference here. The place is packed. If I say people that God is healing. Now, do you know what just baffles my mind? People want the prophetic word from God, but they don't want God. Amen. They want God's healing power, but they want the healer. Give me a word. Give me a, tell me how much God's going to bless me. First of all, financially, God can't bless you if you're not a sower. If that's the case, He must violate His own word. 
He says, give and it shall be given. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Tell me how much is God going to bless me? No, there's a scripture that says that if you don't listen to God, there's a curse. I can't tell you how much God is going to bless you when you walk in disobedience and don't even serve God. Somebody listen to me. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Let's keep it on the screen. But notice that in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous times means dangerous. It means tough. Tough times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. You know how many times I've read this scripture for you guys? Men will be lovers of themselves. It's a selfie generation. Bang. <laughs> lovers of money. That's a fact. Now, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I promise you, if you want to see how much a man loves God, look at his sowing account. And you will be silent now because the Bible says people will be lovers of money. Jesus Christ is coming. This is just proof that what I'm saying is at the door. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, that's a biggie. That's a big one. We have to underline and, and make that bold. If you want your children to live long, make sure they're obedient to parents. Unthankful and unholy. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. What does it mean to be a despiser of good? They hate whatever is good. They hate it. They traitors. They hate strong. Traitors, big one. And I always say this, I've never lost friends in my life. I've only lost imposters. Traitors. You've never lost people or friends. You've lost imposters. Come on, high five somebody. Headstrong, haughty. Lovers of rugby. Oh, sorry, lovers of pleasure. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. This one, I love this one. Why do I say I love this one? Because I see it everywhere I go. Having a form of godliness. We speak the right lingual. We dress the part. But when the power of God comes, the manifestation of the Spirit of God, we deny the power. Come on, we hate the power. You know, if, if they say to me, if you want to be successful, our church is one year and nine months old. If you want to be successful, have one hour services. In and out. In and out. While the time will come where clowns will entertain the goats. I can't even need a pastor. Jesus loves me. He says, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. Turn away. What does it say? Turn away. This means that if they leave you, it's good. Let them go. Kick them while they go. <laughs> you think you lose people. No, you're gaining people. Amen. The reason why people are not coming is because you've got the wrong people. Praise God. Come on, somebody give him a shout of praise. Now, that is the basis of what I'm going to teach on today, on, the, on, the, on the, one of the subjects. And I promise you the glory of God is going to come into this building. Who believes that? Wave at me if you believe it. So quickly, we're going to take up our offering for the work of God. I want to read you two scriptures quickly. And this is a, please, when, I, when we take up offering, you know, we never big about money. We never go into too much detail about money. But there must be revelation on finances. Because this is a key fact. The Bible says God will give seed to the sower. So if you're a sower, you will always have seed to sow. It doesn't stop there. It says, and bread to the eater. So if you're a sower, you will also be an eater. Amen. Did you miss that, what I just said? If you can sow, you can eat. Amen. The Bible says God will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So if you're a sower, you're an eater. If you don't eat, you're not a sower. 
Proverbs 3.19. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor, honor the Lord with your wealth. You know, sometimes we get weight offering. The sunnat. So the offering kufairki bring his patnat. They squeeze my diba on that ten rand note so hard he cries. A little bit Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your bonds, your wallets, or your bank will be full to the overflow. Amen. When will it be full? Come on, uh, am, I, uh, am I in Faith City? I know South Africa is playing rugby, but please, can I get some exciting people in this building this morning? Hallelujah. So when does the Bible say, will, when will there be overflow? When you give and you honor God. Proverbs 11, last one. One person gives freely, yet gains even more another. Oh, gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Now the Bible is clear on this. When you give, you will never run out. If you withhold, you become poor. Does it, do you see it others? Okay, so the white bucket is for the Philippines. In the next, I think it's 14 days from today. This, it will be a Sunday. The Sunday morning, I'll preach here. Sunday evening at 10.30, the team, we fly out to Singapore and then on our way to Philippines and then back to Singapore for two days. And we're going to win souls. And why do we do an offering? Because we're not going to go to a church. We have rented a big center. And of the people that helps us with this, we've asked them to get all the lost, as many lost people as they can, get them to the building. We're going to get them saved. All right, so the white bucket, the brown bucket is for the church. Details on the screen. And then we're going to Get it right into the Word of God. Thank you. Finances. Father God, thank you for every sower. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, a hundredfold return. Thank you, Lord, your promise, Lord, as, as we give towards you, we're not giving to a church, we're giving to Jesus, so that your work, the gospel of Jesus Christ, can be preached. The gospel is free, but it takes money to preach it. Give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a great hand of praise. Hallelujah. So this morning, we're going to continue on the call. Before we start on the call, I want to ask this. The team is expanding the band. We are asking for people that, if you want to join the band. Now, again, I want to ask you, this is people that's already been rooted in the church. It's not people that just got here, I'm going to play. No, we, you, want to, you have to be, listen, please hear me. You have to come to church, be rooted, believe in what we believe, believe the doctrine, amen? 
and then we will put you on, on a thing. And so if you, if you can play instruments, please make sure to come and speak to one of the ushers or Uncle Denzel here in the front. And then I, I want to quickly say this, and I need a, at least five people that will agree with me, that I've made a decision long ago that I will serve God with all of my heart, with all of my might. I'm a, I'm a type of guy that when you start something, you go in it. You don't stop halfway because there's pressure. Pressure is good. Pressure must be applied. When pressure is applied, come on, there's faith that comes out on the inside of us. And this is why, why you are here, because you love God. Hallelujah. I, 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 what I want to say now is not related to what, the script, what I want to teach on today, but it just came to my spirit. And this is what I want to ask you to do me a favor quickly. I want you to sit at the edge of your chair. Why do I do that? Just to get you out of your comfort zone quickly. You know, when Jesus was crucified, the Bible says he paid a penalty so that we can be blessed beyond the curse. Help me. I'm blessed. Come on, I'm blessed. Beyond the curse. One more time. I'm blessed. Beyond the curse. So when Jesus paid that price, you know, before they took him to the cross, after they beat at him, the scripture says they beaten him so much that, you know, the Bible says when you looked at him, he didn't even have a form of comeliness. He didn't even look like a human. And you, you can listen to my teaching on that on Podbean. But by the way, the scripture says so they gave him his cross to carry him. And he was walking down the, the Via, Via Dolorosa. And the Bible says there stood a man with a name called Simon. And they told Simon to help Jesus carry his cross. Think about this. He was, he was, he was beaten, I mean, so severely. No power. And here he walks. But Jesus didn't need, by the way, he didn't need Simon to help him carry the cross. He would have carried the cross without Simon. But here's the key. When Simon came to help Jesus, give him aid, he stood next to Jesus. And something profoundly happened there. You know the scripture, the context that says, that take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And what happened when Simon stood next to Jesus, and he saw Jesus face to face, I can just imagine the conversation. Jesus had to say to him, your life for my life. You've got no idea how that gets me. There was a divine exchange. Jesus said, I'll take all of your yokes, all of your problems, all your sickness, all your disease. Take my life. And this is what the Lord is calling the church for. He says, if you were hot or you were cold, but now that you look warm, he'll spew you out of his mouth. This is why I need at least 10 people in this place that says, from this day, I'm going to be more serious in how I serve God. For Paul says the following. He says, in the Afrikaans, he said it daily. Koop die tijd uit. When die daar is boos. I want to say this again. Koop die tijd uit when die daar is boos. It's exactly the times that we're living in. Die daar is boos. Hallelujah. Now, I've started two weeks ago, I think it was, on the message called The Call. And I've, I've started reading out of First Thessalonians about the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. Many people don't believe in the rapture. People say that the rapture of Jesus is escapism. Well, the rapture of Jesus is not more, any more escapism than healing is for sickness. Why do you need healing? You want to escape sickness. Well, then, then salvation is also escapism. You give your life to Christ to escape sin and hell. Come on, you were my wife over me. All right, so... Is not escapism. By the way, it's, it's prophecy. It was prophesied, even in the Old Testament, that Jesus Christ is returning for His bride. And His bride, please hear me, and I've, I've discussed this this week. Everything will be on part B. You can listen to this. The bride of Jesus Christ is not churchgoers. It's people without spot, 
without wrinkle. Jesus says, if you want to be saved, you have to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul. Now, that means you love Him more than rugby. Sorry, rugby. You love Him more than... The thing that you spend most time with is your God. Hallelujah. If you like parting more, that's your God. If you like brying more than church, that's your God. Amen? South Africa is playing, I'm here. Everybody else could have been here. But there's just a, a sign, a sure sign that we are living in the final hour. Now, there's something that I can add on. Jesus Christ will return on month end. <laughs> School holiday, long weekend, while the Springboks are playing. <laughs> Bang, he's coming for his church. Now, we can go into two, a lot of dispute. People say, well, there's no such word, word as the rapture. Well, you have to go and study the Bible about the certain events that's going to take place. This event, the scripture says that those who's, who's dead will rise in Christ first, and those who's alive and remain shall be together with them who was dead, be caught up and meet the Lord in the air. Amen. The Bible doesn't say... Revelation 19 speaks about the second coming of Christ, where Jesus comes back. By the way, we are coming back with him on white horses. You're going to perdre. All right, so you're going to come back on Revelation 19 with Christ. That's the second coming. But you'll see there's two different events. The second one, Revelation 19, you can see Jesus Christ comes back to earth. But First Thessalonians, it speaks about that Jesus Christ will meet His bride in the air or His church in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Jesus preached in the book of Luke. He said the following. He said that you have to pray so that you might be found worthy to escape the things that is coming. And what is coming? Well, horror that this world has not yet seen. I've discussed to you about the tribulation that's coming directly after the rapture of the church. Now, if you didn't even knew this, I'm going to tell you this. You know, in, in Jerusalem, they are fighting about the Temple Mount. Did you know this? They're fighting about Temple Mount. Temple Mount is where the third temple will come up. People believe that the third temple is people, not. The Bible says there will be a literal temple where the Antichrist will rule and reign as Christ. And do you know why judgment is coming and it's going to start in, in Israel? Because many Jews will follow the Antichrist believing he's the Messiah. If you didn't even knew this, even the Muslims... Even the Muslims are waiting on their Messiah, the fourth Iman, or the twelfth Iman, but they, they, they reckon from his lineage, they reckon he's a Messiah for them. And they believe that he's going to rule on Temple Mount, in the Temple. Our Bible says the Antichrist will come. Let me just quickly tell you, free of charge, the Antichrist will come from a Muslim background. And his offspring will be from Syria. In other words, he will be a man that was born in Syria. Not Russia, not Europe as they are taught. If you read the scriptures, you'll find out it, it must come out of Syria. So he was a Syrian man and he will stand and say he's the Messiah and millions upon millions upon millions will believe it. Who remembered last week Sunday, I went through the tribulation, what the Bible teaches on the, 20, uh, on the 21 judgments that's coming. Wave at me if you were here. All right, there we are. So the scriptures speak about darkness that's coming on the earth, pain, death, Etc., etc., etc. And we all know that the Bible says that you have to pray that you might, might be found worthy to escape the things that is coming. Now, this is not a fairy tale. I always tell people if this is a fairy tale, then they should also ban Pinocchio in China. Pinocchio and Heidi in Sieverwolve. Or is it? Sneeuwwijkie? Any, any? Okay. There's not a lot of stations. Okay, there's the Snoop Hike. 
and he said to Archis, they don't ban that in China. All right? This Bible is more real Amen. than anything else. And we don't hear this message being preached no more because everybody wants to know that God just loves you. There's no judgment. You know, God is the heart. But you'll read up to Revelation 4. After that, there's no more love. The Bible speaks about severe judgment coming to planet Earth. So severe, the Bible says that, that even if the days were not shortened then, the very elect would have not made it. That's how severe it's coming. So the scripture speaks about the following. I want you to hear me, and I'm going to get to the uh, last of the final stage of Armageddon quickly. But hear me. If the, uh, the rapture takes place now in the next 60 seconds, a lot of you is going to poof, gone. And your shoes will remain. Your, your hands are kind of years. Your cell phone is going to be here. And then a few will sit and wonder where are they off to. And CNN will cover the news. And CNN will say it was an alien abduction. Aliens came and abducted the people. I also believe that they're going to try to see, listen, let's see people's blood groups. Maybe people of the same blood groups has disappeared. And then they will recognize, well, it's not the same blood group, but the spiritual same blood group. They all belong to Christ. That's, hey, hallelujah. And they are, they, when, when Christ returns, we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Now, I like the following thing about this. If you don't see your small kids in the house, worry. Because children are going to go to the Lord up to that age where they know what's right and what's wrong. So if you have small babies, gone. Bang, what a privilege. I always look at, at, at my sister-in-law's children. I look at them and say, Father, you have no worries. No, This is awesome to be a child, okay. But in any case, so um, a lot of us will be gone. A lot of us will stay behind. Malls. Can you imagine what's going to happen in malls? Here walks parents with their children on a Sunday morning. And bang, here's the child gone. And all they think is still steal is on food. But in the meantime, bang, gone. Because Christ has come back as He has promised. Now the Bible says this. Why are you gazing up into heaven? The same way you saw Him go up, He will return in like manner. He's coming back. Whether the, the world wants to hear this or not, He's coming back in all of His glory. Jesus prophesied this in Matthew 24. They asked Him, Lord, what will be the signs be of Your coming? And He says, these are the signs of the coming. So He spoke about three things. He spoke about the fall of Jerusalem. Then He spoke about the rapture of the church, bang. And then He spoke about the second coming. Amen. Hallelujah. That's, that's something else. So if I look at the timetable today, please hear me. The Bible says we can't put a date on anything. But let me just quickly shock you of something on Armageddon the day of Armageddon I can give you a time or not the time but I can give you a day of the second coming according to the scripture it will be on the day of Armageddon that Christ will return for the second time when will the Armageddon be I'm going to tell you when the Armageddon is going to be directly after the church is being raptured there will be a seven year tribulation after the seven year tribulation Armageddon is coming Hallelujah. And after Armageddon, on that same day, because the Bible teaches this very clearly, Armageddon will be one day. The war, it's going to be a war. And I'm going to teach you this now quickly. But the whole war will go on one day. According to the scriptures, one day. It's not going to happen weeks, months, and years. One day. The scripture is clear on that. So in the tribulation, the Bible says there's going to be a man called the Antichrist. And I believe that there's going to be, according to the scripture, there will be one world religion, one world order, one world money system. Hallelujah. 
You're going to have to receive the mark of the beast either on your forehead or on, on your hand. And, um, you know, just think about this. You will not be able to do any business. You will not be able to, your salary will go into the chip. You're going to have to scan it, pick and pay like this, or before cop. And the Bible says anybody who received that mark will never go into heaven because they sold off their souls to Satan. By the way, that's what the Bible says. So in the tribulation, three and a half years of, of light tribulation and three and a half years of tremendous tribulation. The Bible says the following, that in the tribulation, God will release his judgments on the earth. Why judgment? Because the world is rejecting the Savior. And I want to hit something out of the water this morning. There's no one scripture that proves one saved, always saved. The Bible in actual fact says, if anybody knows the truth and you go back into sin, there remain no remission of sin. For you have trampled the blood of Christ underfoot and insulting the spirit of grace, according to the book of Hebrew. Somebody listening to me. Think about this. Jesus said to the man, for you to enter heaven, you have to be born again. What does it mean to be born again? He said, Lord, how can I be born again? How can a man be born again? Have I already been born? Should I go back into mother's womb? And he said, no, no, I'm going to teach you how to be born again. Being born again, it's I'm dying, laying down the old man, the sinful nature. Come on, the fleshly side of me. And then, so you're a murderer, a raper, whatever it might, might have been, you give it up to the Lord, you repent of your wicked ways, now you're born again. According to the scripture, when you're born again, the old man and his sins, Jesus never thinks about it again. It's like it never happened. But now you fall into sin again, you go do it again. Now the Bible says anybody that knows it's sin and you still do it for you, it will be sin. The Bible says he who sin has not seen God. That's New Testament, by the way. After Jesus went into heaven, the Bible says in the book of John, those who sins has never seen God. You do not belong to God. So what does it mean? If, if I'm born again, I give my life to the Lord, but I go back into my old sinful nature. Of What did Jesus save me? And Paul says people will, uh, will leave churches that preaches the truth and they will go to churches. And this is fact. This is why I just read it. And they will listen to doctrines of demons. The doctrines of demons are the exact doctrine that I'm telling you now. That people is preaching. That whatever you do, God is happy. Once saved, always saved. That's, imagine what a life that is. You give your life to God. And now I go out. I murder. I rob. I rape. I just do everything opposite of what Christ was doing on the earth. And yet, I am the righteousness of God. How can you be in right standing with God if you do the things of the world? All right, I, I'm preaching. Right, let's go to the next one. I'm going to quote it in free of charge for you. Let's do 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, this is very, very important for you to, to, to hear this so that we can lead up to what's coming. So the Bible says, I write to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexual immoral people. Sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortionists or adulterous since then you would not need to get out of the world or need to go out of the world. Alright, let's go on. I just want to see if you've, you've got everything. Do you have all the scriptures? I'm going to quickly read this from my Bible. Sorry, first do um, um, Galatians for me please. Sorry about this one. I didn't want to read that scripture. Okay, so it says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, 
Selfish ambitions, by the way, means that if you have everything around your life evolves around you. There's like Jimmy mentality. Gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Everything about me, myself, and I, that's what selfish ambitions means. Dissensions, heresies, people that don't like the truth. All right, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries means partying and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I had told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of scholars say, well, there's a big difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. You know what the nonsense I'm preaching today? The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is two separate entities. So the kingdom of heaven is meaning you're going to go to a place. So he says, I've heard this being preached. So people say you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. It means that you'll not walk in God's power. Bull twang. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven will join as one. The kingdom of, where's the kingdom of God? In the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Bible is clear on this, that those who, who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, nor the kingdom of heaven. So in other words, can I just ask you the question, if God is happy with our sinful lives, because God is never angry at us, why does the Bible say it clear that those who practice these things will never, ever go to heaven? Amen. Let me tell you why. Because it's a nice message to tell people, you know, God just loves you, sir. Amen. And this is why Jesus Christ it's going to come to a place, you'll see when Jesus Christ came to earth, on the first time he came as a lamb. And he was very meek and humble. But the Bible speaks about the second return. He's not going to be a weak or a meek lamb rather. He's going to come back as a roaring lion with judgment. Think about what the Bible says. The way, when he comes back, the scripture says, out of his mouth will proceed a, a, a sword. His eyes will be like fire. That doesn't speak to me about a lamb. He's coming back. With all glory. The Bible says, with all glory and all power, He's coming back. Come on, if you believe it, give Jesus a great shout of praise. Come on, you can do better than that. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians 6, I want to read this quickly. Verse 9, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither, fornication, nor, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulteresses, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, or extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. Hallelujah. But you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Here's it again. This is just a, a quick one, two, three, four, five. The Bible says, those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This means, when you practice these things, knowing that it's wrong, you're going to have to go through the tribulation. And when you go through the tribulation, now, let me just say this. Jesus spoke about the beginning of the end. Uh, we are living in that era, the beginning of the end. He says, when you hear about rumors, famines, pestilence. By the way, he wasn't speaking about the rapture. He was speaking about the second coming. When you hear these things, know that I'm at the door. So if Jesus prophesied over the second coming, how much closer are we to the rapture of the church? So the church will be raptured and then those who's left behind will have to go through the tribulation. And in the tribulation, as I've said, there's going to come terrible times. And after the scripture says the three and a half, last three and a half years, after seven years of Daniel's 70th week, you'll see the Bible says that people will try to commit suicide, but death will flee away from them. They will, they will seek to die, but will not die. God will not allow them to die. They will have to go through 
all of those things. You remember I said that the scripture says that the, the sun will be darkened, the moon and the stars will fall from the sky, it will be pitch darkness, and the scripture says out of the darkness, people will be painted every day, 24 hours a day. The scripture says locusts are coming out of the, out of the pit. It's not my translation, everything is in the Bible. Locusts will come from the pit. And the scripture says they, they, they are big as men, they've got heads with, as, as men, uh, ladies' hair, uh, teeth as, as lion, lion's teeth, breastplates of iron, and scorpion tails. And their job is to punish people for five months without an end. They will punish people, bring pain to people, five months. Now, if a small scorpion stings you, how do you feel? Think about this big thing that's going to punish you. Now, the scripture speaks about the following, that the sun... In the season, there's a season for all those things that's going to come. But there's a, there's a season where the sun is still there, where the sun will be so hot. The scripture says it will scorch everything on the earth. So in other words, think about California that gets fires, you know. Just a runner. I think it was Hermanus the other day. Had the same fire running away. Think about every place. Johannesburg, fires. Irene, fires. People will try to kill fires everywhere. And think about this. Nations can't even give you aid because everybody's going to have to fight the same fires. The Bible says that there will be a food shortage. The scripture says every vegetation shall die. God will kill every form of vegetation. Everything, apples, trees, and lemon trees, and vegetables, and, and grass, and trees, everything will die. Did you know that with trees comes oxygen? Every form of vegetation will die. It means there will be a lack of oxygen on the earth. The Bible says that the waters will be turned, there's two parts. The one scripture says there will be bitterness in the water. People drink the water, they die. The second scripture says every seven seas, every, every river, everything that think, you think about water will be turned into blood. So this means that there will be a lack of water. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says that the Antichrist will sign a peace treaty. So the Antichrist will sign a peace treaty with Israel. And they will, he will tell Israel that he loves Israel. And the last three and a half years, he will show himself truly who he is. Wicked. And we all know Satan tries to copy God. So we know the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So they will come as a trinity. The Bible speaks about the dragon, which is Satan. The beast and the false prophet. So the beast will be the Antichrist, the false prophet. I've said it the other day, show me, you'll see it. It will be a, a, a figure in the world. It will be a religious figure in the world, a big figure in the world. You can work it out for yourself. He says somewhere in Italy. It will be, trust me. And he will be the one that will, because the world's going to trust him, and he's going to say, surely this is the Messiah, and people will follow the Antichrist. Amen. And here's the next thing. The Bible says those who bless Israel, God will bless. God says those who, who curses Israel, God will curse. Hallelujah. So Israel, even if you don't know, Israel is a very, very, very blessed nation. Very blessed nation. If you go to the desert, you'll see an oasis in the desert of trees growing. It can't just be because God's hand is there. That's, that's why it, it should be. Now, if you missed last week's service, you have to listen to that because that builds up to where we are now. Okay, so just quickly follow me. In, in, in the days coming ahead, and let me just say this. I haven't read it myself, but I've heard, I've heard uh, through credible sources, it's, it's facts, that they found a well of oil in Israel so big, bigger than all of the nations put together in the world. Armageddon, biggest fight will be because of oil. Everybody would want oil. China. Russia, Iran, Iran has oil, but not enough. 
Yemi. America will want to take over. Think about it. I'm not going to speak into too much politics. Think about the 9-11 towers. Everything was about oil. You just think Muslims just flew in planes and banks struck. The, it's proven fact. They, needed, they wanted a war with, with certain countries in the world to, to take oil. Okay, well, that's a subject for another day. So Armageddon, if you think about where Armageddon will take place, it's called the Megiddo Valley. Say with me, the Megiddo Valley. And Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39 speaks about the following. He says, um, he speaks about oil, uh, not oil rather, I want to rephrase it. He says there will be a hook in the jaw. Elijah spoke about the hook in the jaw, something that will pull you. The hook in the jaw will be oil. That will, the nations of the world will be hooked and be pulled to Israel because of oil. Now, there's two nations. Did you know in the world today there's only really, really two nations that stands for Israel? Facts. America and the United Kingdom. Everybody else, South Africa included, is an enemy of Israel. And God says His enemies will be brought to nothing. So you better be part of the rapture or you'll see the wrath of God. But let me just quickly explain this to you. So the Bible says that when, when the rapture takes place, you're going to start to see wars coming around the world. And we'll see Russia will infiltrate um, Israel and try to kill Israel. But what's going to happen at Armageddon is the following. You know, Ezekiel 38 spoke about this. He prophesied this even long before it even happened. He even spoke about uh, um, the weapons. Now, if you read in, in, in Ezekiel 38, listen, I'm teaching, I'm not preaching, all right? You need this teaching. So Ezekiel 38 speaks about their spears, their swords. Please remember now, when Ezekiel had the revelation, God gave him a vision, this is going to happen. There wasn't, back then, there wasn't machine guns. If God showed him a machine gun, he would not have a clue what is this. So he said, I saw this artillery, this, this weapons. So he spoke about a lot of weapons that he saw, all right? But when the Armageddon is going to happen, it's not going to be with sword and spear, it will be nuclear weapons. The Bible speaks about it. It was prophesied years ago. It will be a skin-eating disease. And that's what nuclear does. Nuclear eats your flesh. Think about that. So it's going to be nuclear weapons. The, the, the scripture, let me just quickly explain this to you. And the, you, you, can read, you can read this in Ezekiel later on. There will be so much weapons in the valley of Armageddon. I'm going to go back to what I'm teaching now, but just hear me. There will be so much weapons. The Bible says after God dealt with his enemies, for seven years, they will be able to burn the weapons and use it as fire. Ik ben in de komst in Afrikaans, jy sê. Daar is so paar wapens, wat opgetel gaan word in Armageddon. Voor seven jaar, dis die wees wat brengt translations in die Bible, voor seven jaar, hoeveel die boom af te kappie? So, all of the woods will regrow the trees. And because the Bible says, as you will fear mark, they can use the weapons for seven years. For seven long years, the weapons will burn. Well, it's not continuous. They will just put more on the fire and the weapons will burn for seven long years. Imagine how much weapons are being used there. Don't can do it. The Bible says there will be so many deaths happening at, at that point. For seven months, 
the whole nation of Israel will come together on the valley of Armageddon to bury people. Seven months. For seven months long, funerals. You have a funeral for, for a few hours. The Bible says for seven months, they will put people into the ground. But thank God, we as a body of Christ, we will not be part of that. Come on, for he will come quickly as a thief in the night, but we will be gone with him and live with him forever and forever and forever and forever. Come on, and forever. And we're going to walk on the streets of gold and crown him King of Kings and Lord of Lords and declare that he is the Ancient of Days and we will be with him forever. Crown him as the King of Kings. Listen, the Bible says, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. He is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. Praise God. Come on, if you believe it, give him a crazy shout of praise. Hallelujah. The Bible says this clearly in Ezekiel 38, 39, he says, the stench of the death. People won't be able to take it. People won't be able to handle the stench of, of the death of what happened in Armageddon. So here's what's going to happen. The whole world, I'm telling you now, Russia, Iran, Syria, Libya, they, did you know that even, they even the, speak about Greece, Turkey, will turn whew, against Israel in Armageddon. And they will, they, the Bible even speaks about the Euphrates River drying up so that they can pass, the enemies can pass through the land to get to what they want. And now the Bible says so they will attack Israel. And Israel will stand alone. They it can be, it depends on who's the president back, back then, but America can help. But the Bible says, so the whole world, think about nuclear weapons, Iran, North Korea, China, everybody, turning against God's beloved city. And they're going to attack the city, the scripture says. They will attack three quarters of the city. Then something is going to happen. Let me quickly tell you what's going to happen. Now think about millions. The Bible speaks about millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of soldiers with with guns, weapons of mass destruction in, in one place. Something then is going to happen that same day. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Doom, doom, doom. The heaven is going to open up. And you will see a, a rider on a horse, the scripture says. And behind him, listen, he's not behind everybody. He's in front, the scripture says. And behind him, millions upon millions of the saved and angelic hosts will be on horses coming out of the sky the scripture says and do you know what the bible says we are not even going to fight we are not even going to lift a hand the bible says out of his mouth will proceed a sword and the scripture says at that moment hail and fire will come down from heaven and kill them all in one day I want to rephrase that scripture very quickly the fight is going on for one day but when Jesus comes down it's not going to be a fight my God you didn't hear me he's not going to speak for one day he's going to speak one word and the scripture says everything will be leveled out everything will be leveled out this is why let me quickly tell you every king sends an army before him but this king says i will go before you come on i will go before you i will fight for you and you know what the bible says they saw him that sat on that horse and the scripture says he was crowned with many crowns 
This is the reason why you're going to receive many crowns. It's not to boast in what you've done on earth, but to crown him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the Bible says, in his side will be written the righteous one, the Lamb of God. Can you imagine angels coming down from heaven with Christ Jesus? And with one word, he destroys everything. He puts a stop to it, an end to it. The Bible says, then the Antichrist and the false prophet will both be put into the lake of fire. Satan, the dragon, will be bound, the scripture says, by chains, little change, for a thousand years. Why for a thousand years? For Jesus Christ, with us, with us, say with me. Come on, say with me. We're going to come down with Christ, and he's going to establish his kingdom on the earth for a thousand years. Do you know why? Because the Bible says the reason why God is allowing Armageddon. He says, for I will show the nations that I am God. He says, in one act, the whole world will know that He's God. In one act. Hallelujah. And He will set up His kingdom on the earth. For a thousand years, the Bible says the deceiver will no longer be there for He will be bound. And the scripture says, so after a thousand years, the devil will be loosened for a short while. And then he will go out again. And what are you going to do? He will be blind. And the Bible says, then they will come against Christ again. And the scripture says, the number of them is as many as the sand of the ocean. Now, how many sand is there on the sea? It's innumerable. Say something, innumerable. So, innumerable people that will come against Christ. And they will be destroyed and be thrown into the pool of fire. And then judgment will come. People that die without Jesus today, it's not going to the pool of fire now. They're going into hell. Hell is a confinement. It's like waiting trial. Because you know why? You don't have a body. So you're a, you're a spirit now. Who hears me? Okay? But at judgment day, you'll receive your body. And your body with your spirit, your soul, will burn in hell forever. Now I'm going to give you a quick, just a quick thing. Jesus, the scripture says, for God, a thousand years is like one day. And one day is like a thousand years. Just hear me. If anybody's lost today in hell, somebody's in hell today. If he's there for a thousand years, to him it feels like he's there for one day. If somebody is with Christ today for a thousand years, he feels like he just got there. This is why people ask me, what are we going to do in heaven every day? Listen, you're going to be there for thousands of years. I think about the 7,000 years is going to feel like seven days. I just got here. Hallelujah. Because Jesus does not sit in time. Time sits in Him. When you spend time in His presence, you're not going to worry about time. Suddenly, your whole time is, is swallowed up by the victory of Christ. Hallelujah. But think about people in hell. Now, hell is a literal place. And you know what? I don't know how many people are going to come for this one, but I think I have to preach on hell. And people, according to the scripture, that you can see what's happening in hell. It's not a picnic. So the Bible says a thousand years is like a day. Think about this. This is actually so sad. This is why we win the lost at all costs. This is why we preach as much as we preach. You know, this week is a full week. The week after that, I'm in East London the whole week preaching twice a day. I get back here on a Sunday, preach in the morning. The evening I fly, two services here, by the way. Then we fly out, Philippines every day of the week bang bang preach why do we preach to get people saved and healed by the power of god to tell people the you know jesus said i give you i give you two options life and death 
but choose life that you might live amen hallelujah so we are going to see the greatest move of God's Spirit now why do I say this now because the Bible says in the last days God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh secondly people don't like this one I don't know why but the Bible says it's clear that the money of the unjust is coming to the just in this final hour this means that the world needs to bless you money will seek you out people always say well the Muslims are so blessed you're gonna see the Christians being blessed in this final hour hallelujah Halle come on I said hallelujah and then there will be and I want you to make sure you write down what I'm telling you now you'll see it there's gonna be a big separation between the goats and the sheep a big separation big separation Jesus says judgment will happen in his church the church revelation speaks about the seven churches and he, he spoke to the churches and he said to the one church he said you know what I have against you you've left your first love you've left what it was all about this is the problem with most people they fall in love with Jesus all right they fall in love with Jesus they can't wait to get to church can't wait to praise him go in something else George they can't wait to praise him and then over here too the fire diminishes it goes down and old and cold and they go through motions but there's no sensitivity no hunger for more of him then they go you know in 10 years 20 years you hear them say you know 10 years ago do you know how on fire I was I've asked God something I said Lord if I'm not more on fire in 10 years from now take me because then I will bring shame to your name and this is one thing I beg the Lord I never want to bring shame to your name you know I, I don't care what social media says what Google says what YouTube says one day this body will have to stand before God and give accountability for my life and that day no not one of you is gonna stand next to me I'm gonna to have to give account for my own life I never want to hear the voice go away I never knew you I never want to hear the word you've messed it up I want to make sure that when I give God that I give him everything and if I don't give him everything I don't want to give him anything at all because we bring shame to his name we have to fall in love with him over and over and over again every day when you hear that name it must hurt you so much because there's a love help me help somebody you just hear that name it's butterflies in your stomach you hear that name and this it hurts you so much because you're in love who remembered when you fall in love with your wife with your husband Niemand. you have to stay in love by the way because the same thing happens with, with, with people that give their life to Christ they don't stay in love and there's a love that diminishes over time you have to get to that place back in your lives where when you hear his name that it, it hurts you so much why does it hurt you because you long to be with him you long spending time with him many years ago there was a song that sang I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by oh what love between my Lord and I I keep falling in love with him over and over again come on I keep falling in love with him over and over and over again 
She says, don't you know that the Spirit of God that dwells in you yearns after you jealously? What? A Holy Spirit, so holy, so pure, that He yearns after me? And we can't make time. You know, when you sow your time to God, He adds years to your life. Jesus says, I have this against you. You've lived your first love. You've turned away from Him. You know, go read it in Revelation. He says, some churches have money. That's their God. He says, some want to do certain things and other things they don't do. And then one church, church of Philadelphia, He says, I've got nothing against you. When I look at you, you look like a whitewashed, wrinkled, spot-free church. In that day, your opinion is not even going to matter. Think about that. It's just your relationship. If, you know, if you've been part of this church for a while, you will know the very thing that I'm very, very strong on is the relationship with Jesus. It's everything. It's every, everything. Out of relationship with the Lord. You know, we just spoke about that the other day in Vienachen. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why did you, and I really did. I said, Lord, why did you choose me? You could have chosen anybody else. Anybody else. You've been healing. You've been doing things that my, my eyes is, you know, I need somebody that will quickly help me. You see miracles. And you, for you guys, it's so easy because you see it every week. But God sat me down and I started thinking about what God is doing through us. And that got me to a place of holy fear. I fell to the ground. I said, Lord, why me? Why me? Do you know what he said to me? He said, I'm healing my people because of the overflow of the love that you have for me. I show up because you love me. If that doesn't get you, nothing will. I show up because you love me. This is why the disciples didn't have to go through seven years of theology in the University of the Free State. They just spent time with Jesus. When you spend time with Him, everything changes. Everything changes. There's a love that you have for Him. And when you love Him, you hate everything that hurts Him. We sing songs, break my heart for what breaks yours. But we have to get to a point in our lives where we can really say, Lord, if it hurts you, let it kill me. I no longer hurt you, disappoint you. If you love it, Lord, I love it more. If you hate it, I'll hate it more. Because I don't want to stand before you and hear the word go away. I never knew you. When you love Jesus, when you stand, and listen, just by the way, real men serve Jesus. Real men cry. I'm a crier. I cry every day of my life. Every day. There's nights my wife doesn't even know this. I get into bed and tears stream down my cheeks. Do you know why? Because I know who's got me. I know to whom I belong. Hallelujah. You can open the Bible and every time you read a scripture, you can just read the Lord is my shepherd and it won't break you. Why? Why does it move you? Because suddenly you understand the shepherd of all shepherds is mine and I belong to him. 
and it is a love that you have for him it's an overflow it's such a love it's such a love then your body says I'm tired and I wanna... last night I was in this church I was dead tired I was preparing a prayer and I said to Vessel I said Vessel you better hear me I love Jesus more than I love you I love him more than I love sleep I love him more than life itself I will not go to bed I'll continue I did why do you think I feel him now why do you think he's here right now you can say this is emotion oh this, these people are moved by emotion listen this is the presence of God this is the holy 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 presence of God almighty and you don't even know that he's here he's healing people right now in the seats he's touching lives he's restoring people he's giving new hope he's giving new joy he's giving freedom he come on he's giving liberty that's what he does he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords the bible says he's my beloved and i am his i'm the sheep of his pasture you know one day we're going to stand before his throne and we're going to declare you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords you are el shaddai you are rock of ages you are the lion of the tribe of judah you are the bright and morning star you are the prince of peace you are the everlasting father you are el shaddai el elion jehovah jacuri jehovah rofeka come on you are the lamb of god you are the prince of peace you are my righteousness you are the holy one you are my beloved come on you are the stone you are the chief cornerstone you're going to stand before him and crown him david's offspring the messiah of the world the lamb of god that's who he is beautiful jesus i pray today lord be so real to each one like you are for me a living relationship with a living god and i want to finish with this paul says you have to check yourself every day whether you still have the faith. You might go to church and go through all the motions, but someday you're going to have to sit yourself down and ask the question, am I still in the faith? Am I still serving the Lord like I did when I first met Him? If not, you are cold. And if you're cold, the scripture says He will vomit you out of His mouth. You've got no idea how blessed you are. You didn't even have to work for the presence this morning. You just came in. And the presence is here. King of heaven is here. Because one man said, Lord, I love you with all of my heart, with every beat of my heart. You just experienced the overflow. How do you serve him often now? How do you give your life up to him now? The most beautiful man that walked the earth is my God, my Messiah. And with his own blood, he purchased me. The great advocate. If I have to describe him, I can describe him every day, the whole day. Lift your hands, please, people of God. He's in this place. Today he's happy. <laughs> Let us return to you, Lord. 
Unless you're on the floor, please stand to your feet. Let's stand in reverence before him. The Bible says, Roop man, the like the fenders. And as the day comes, it's an unroop, I can't hear you. I say this every time. How you respond to the praises, you're going to have to give accountability for one day. You reject him now, you reject him. You reject his praises, you reject him. Love those hands. Let it become a reality. The hourglass is ticking. I beg you this morning. I'm not asking you, I'm begging you this morning. Make your life right with God now. If anything is still more important than Him, you better make sure. You're going to feel in the next three minutes a sweet, sweet presence will just touch you. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is falling. Lift those voices and just pray with me for three minutes. Come on, guys. Come on, lift those voices. Bold praying. Holy is your name. Holy 
minutes.